Can you guys hear my cat purring right now? Nope. Yep. Okay. Listeners listening. Ooh. I can't. They're not listening. Are you guys listening to Game of Bones? <laughs> We're back. Now they're listening. Good. Isn't there supposed to be a crowd cheering when we do this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like when we were at the convention. Oh, yeah, Kate. It was great. <laughs> yeah. How was the convention, Kate? Oh, What'd so, you think? So good. So leaky. Um, so con. So con. Uh-huh. Very so con. So con. Was it more leaky or more con? I think it was you know, a little bit of both. Yeah. I think it's about 50 50. And uh, a big thanks to all of you singing along with us in the crowd to various songs from the 70s and 60s. We are yes. Game of Owns. Thank you for joining us. We are Game of Owns, and it was really nice meeting some of you uh, for the second time, or meeting some of you for the first time, but meeting listeners in general for the second time, being in the, that it was our second live show. It was wonderful. Now, you may be expecting to hear that live show now, and uh, you will. We're going to play some nice chunks of it at the end of our episode, but we, we've all agreed that it is, it is time for us to finally lay down our swords and walk into a storm of swords. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That, that works. You, I wanna, think. you want us to lay them down and then walk into a storm of we them? Could we could at least pick up. Like, there's ourselves. probably spare swords flying around oh, okay. in the storm. I was going to say, what are we going to use to defend ourselves? It's not yeah. BYOS. Like, the swords are provided as we go along this <laughs> book. We're in B-Y-O-S. our second official chapter. Second, second. chapter. And I know people were wondering at the convention, uh, like, when are you going to get through this book? Well, we're starting it now. Okay. <laughs> so 2017, we're hoping to be done with Storm of Swords. <laughs> yeah. That's when the Winds of Winter will be out. Probably. So yes. we've got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, true. man. I, I think that the Winds of Winter will come out when the Long Winter attacks our real world and everything starts going to shit. Like, it's going to coincide with it perfectly. I hope not. Well, like a real like life the, it's, apocalypse? No, it's like that's it why happen. I didn't watch Frozen for like eight months is because it was still too cold outside that I couldn't. It was unconscionable for me to watch a movie about snow while mm. there was still snow in Chicago. Interesting. So I didn't. It's too close. Like, I can't. So, right, so do I, you not watch any movies with sun during the summer? <laughs> I don't. No, no, that's different. Oh, <laughs> Eric's new to sunlight. We had a great time in Orlando. <laughs> in Orlando and daylight was great to us. Uh, I think we all have our own respective uh, T-shirt tans. And again, can, Farmer we, can we just put out another thanks to everybody that came? I know we kind of skirted over it a second ago, but we had planned to talk about the cons at the beginning. And darn it. Thank you. Yes. No, yeah. we please uh, accept our uh, gratitude for coming. We, we played to a, a pretty full room, actually. I was very yeah. happy about it. And uh, while we were struggling to get the audio set up, um, we had a nice little uh, pre-show. People uh, actually listened to a, a small um, story that I was telling about uh, a certain Thrones character. <laughs> who can guess? Kate, you can only guess who it is. They right? liked it so much that they got up and danced. Why don't you guess, Kate? Who did who did Eric uh, spiel about on stage? I'm going to guess that Eric decided to tell his story about Theon Greyjoy. Good guess. Uh, and his fishnet shirt. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell that story. That story uh, is hidden behind a paywall oh. um, for, for people. So so that'll come that'll come later. But. You know, I, I did want I did want to say, you know, getting people up and dancing, that's the way to begin any anything and uh any any live show. And we just had a ton of fun. Um Micah had some serious zingers and Zach got some serious <laughs> attitude. He made everybody in that room feel bad for not reading the books. So can I just say that that is pretty awesome. Zach, even um, when I was listening I was listening to the recording of this, um, and 
I have read the books and you still made me feel bad. You know, people told me that I should be a cult leader. I don't know how to feel about that. It's not a, it's not <laughs> After a the live show, they were like, no. are you leading a cult? I was like, I just want you to read the books. Yeah. Please read yeah. them. That's it my was, message to you all. Uh, you know, to me, it's an accomplishment, Eric, if you say that uh, I walked away with some serious zingers from, from that live show. Because <laughs> it's yeah. just, it is so much fun getting to do the show in person to see everybody, you know, from from a host standpoint, but then also just to see how the listeners interact. You know, you get to see people nodding their heads or shaking their heads or you know saying things back at you right there in person. You we don't have to go to Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. And uh, I mean, it was just some really great discussion that went on. I mean, one really good question. I'm sure we'll hear bits of, from this was about a Game of Thrones theme park, mm-hmm. and that just that really was, got the conversation going. Great. That was fun. I think at one point, uh, Micah gave his zinger so strong that I was levitated out of my seat by by pure <laughs> laughter and joy, and just I clapped and floated, and I think sparks flew from from Micah's body. I got burnt a little bit, and it was awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So stick around toward the end of the episode. You'll catch some bits from that. But yeah, as you said before, you guys, it's uh, what is it, Callan? This week, well, before we go on, chapter. Eric, you were just talking about how music got everyone standing up and, and feeling the mood. Do you think it's all right if I drop a little "No Doubt" walking in a spider web right now, make everyone dance before we start talking about? Oh, oh okay. But can it be the trumpets from the very beginning of the song? Okay, I'll cut those in too. Ready? <laughs> We have the rights to that music, right? I don't know. It was in my head when I was getting my microphone. So That's awesome. I love that freaking song. Yeah, it's going to now be stuck in everyone's head that's listening to the show for the next five to seven weeks. Sorry about that. Our friend Catlin is not caught in a spider web. She is caught in River Run. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, Where wow. Did, Wait, wait, right. wait, guys, guys, guys. King of segways. I just mm-hmm. dusted off the book of transitions. Ooh, it was uh, it was sitting calm. here waiting for us to come back from Florida all along. You didn't bring that? Uh, no, of course I didn't we didn't. We didn't actually need transitions in, oh, in Florida. I think we, we made it through pretty uh yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a really good, like, smooth conversation. <laughs> let's just keep talking about it. Let's forget um, about um, old. Dear yeah, we cat. keep trying to we keep trying to transition out of it, and we're just like, you know what? Let's just <laughs> well, here, keep here's about my it. transition. This is straight from the book okay. uh, of, of of transitions um, with a little bit of improv by me. You guys, it's a George R. R. Martin mystery. <gasps> Go on. Yes. Who is Tansy? Oh. Right? That just jumps right into the right? thing. Right? I think Does it Tansy, it's uh, to me, Tansy is this this chapter explains it pretty well to me. I, I do think that Catelyn is onto something, thinking that it's her sister, um, because he's talking about the Trueborn Sons. Let's back up a little bit. Let's give a little bit of background here. What's happening in this chapter is Hoster Tully, um, Catelyn's father, is dying slowly at River Run. She has just set Jamie Lannister free as we read in our last chapter, and she's now facing the consequences of that, which include her being confined to her father's chambers and staying with him as he's dying slowly. And he keeps waking up and <laughs> causing these, or, or sorry, he keep, what's so funny? What punishment is this? Can we stop? Is this punishment? She can go to the sept whenever she wants to. Yeah. And she gets to spend time with her dad. Yeah. Admittedly, he's not like completely there. 
But there's a window or a balcony that she gets to stand by for like 12 hours a oh, day. Oh, there's a few windows. There's a couple of windows. Like, there's, this dude, is not the, the kind of... She's a highborn lady. She's yeah. a Tully, and this is Tully Castle. Yeah, this and is Tully like, Castle. This is, this is where she's grown up her whole life, and all these people know her. So I figure she's in her late 30s at this point. Uh, it's nice of them to let her just hang out in a nice room while she waits for... Her brother to come and deliver her sentence or whatever. I think that that's, yeah. that's totally acceptable. And let's remember too, a lot of these people think that she's just gone mad, and that's the reasoning behind a mother's grief. Why she did mm. what she did in freeing Jamie Lannister? Because I think the best thing to do, and and we did this, um, I believe in in Jamie's chapter, right, Zach, is just with the with the opening paragraph, mm-hmm. we read it out because I think it just it paints the picture of the level of respect that a lot of the people around River Run have for Catalan. And so uh, the punishment obviously is not going to equate uh, the crime, even though at one point Catelyn tells them, put me in the Kingslayer's uh, shackles. Letters? Yeah, and it's unthinkable. They're just like, no, we wouldn't dream of putting you in shackles. Are you kidding me? We've known <laughs> you since you were a baby. Do you want to read it, Micah? I shall read it. Sir Desmond Grell had served House Tully all his life. He had been a squire when Catelyn was born, a knight when she learned to walk and ride and swim, master at arms by the day that she was wed. He had seen Lord Hoster's little cat become a young woman, a great lord's lady, mother to a king. And now he has seen me become a traitor as well. Mm. That's in Mm. italics. It's going on in Catelyn's mind. So Sir Desmond... And Utherides Wayne, Ooh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming is how you pronounce it, are the two men that are approaching Catelyn. And sort of like this is their own version of a trial. This is literally all that has happened after she has set the Kingslayer free. Now, in my mind, I don't want to draw comparisons from the show to the book too much, obviously. But this is a different cat in reaction to her actions. Yeah, I, you know, I was expecting sort of swift justice for her. Um, but Rob is you know does not make an appearance in this chapter i was surprised actually by the end of it that it had ended without sort of rob being there to be pissed at her to give her the stink eye the way he did in the show well there's there's more chapters coming up yeah i mean i'm sure it'll happen but uh this chapter was about something else entirely which for me at least in my summary in my you know recap of it was in fact this this mystery of what her father's doing but i mean catlin as you i mean you're right like she i, I still think she gets off easy but it's it's kind of like She's just so well known and she is desperate for information and these these guys can't help but kind of give it to her, you know? She pieces this together. I think that she does a decent job of solving the mystery because we what we know about Lysa from the show, um Lysa right now is the uh the she's she's <laughs> she's not dead yet That's horrible. um but she's definitely uh hanging out in the Erie. She's by herself. She's got her son. Uh, and that's she's she's probably uh, fighting off people who are trying to court her and marry her because they want this um, warden of the East job. And right. so she is uh, at this point, we aren't aware of her extensive relationship with Littlefinger, I don't think. But of course, on the show, we are. We know exactly what happened. So mm-hmm. you can piece together. In my opinion, this is my theory, is that Tansy is indeed a Hoster Tully's nickname for Lysa. He is what? consoling her. Yeah. He's consoling her after the miscarriage or stillbornness of uh, her children or, or her child, presumably by Littlefinger. At this point, it is not 
this is this is my this is how it's it's played out. I think this is pre marriage to John Aaron. She has um, gotten knocked up. She either had to have an abortion because she was giving birth to a lowborn bastard, or she miscarried. And Hoster Tully is consoling her because he feels bad that she can't give birth to this love child of hers between her and, and Littlefinger. But she's proved that she is fertile, and therefore she can marry John Aaron and give him give him an heir. And it explains uh, the complacency in their relationship that Catelyn sort of infers toward the end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- I thought that was really interesting, the insight into the errands. And I mean, even just the age difference would prevent them from ever truly loving one another. You know, it's just kind of like it was, I think even Kat says it was a political decision so that the uh, arms and the swords of House Tully could be joined with the Aarons in the rebellion. Wasn't her marriage to Ned political as well, though? Yes. Yeah. I feel like it's not, it's not, it's probably the most common kind of marriage. There's a, a loveless one that may eventually bloom into love as it did with Catelyn and Ned because Ned was a good man. But the mm-hmm. the marriage between Lysa and John, if he was that much older and he was a dutiful husband, but never really wasn't wasn't really a passionate person, then of course there would there was very little love between them. I think in one of the lines in this chapter too is like uh, Liza needs warmth, like that's that's what she needs, and that's what John Aaron wouldn't have brought her. Right. Um, he was dutiful, but not warm. I I don't know. I'm I'm just thinking about Tansy. Like, okay, Hoster Tully's nickname for Kathleen is cat like Hoster Tully's nickname for Lysa is Tansy. I, I don't strange. I don't, things have a, happened. Yeah. I don't for a second think that that could possibly be. You really you don't for a second. That, 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 yeah. that maybe, well, that's, that's true. You know, maybe, well with Kate, I know you've read, so you're in like, you're no, like, I, Hey, this no... should probably be true. Hey, I'm like, Ugh, Eric, I should probably just agree with the book reader. You, you know me well enough to know that I'm not just going to be like, this is probably the case when I actually know it's the case. Like I'm just going <sighs> to shut my mouth. You know me well. I, I would hope. Yeah, better, I know. I know. So is this not answered? Is this still a mystery as of, I guess I shouldn't ask, ask you shouldn't questions. Ask that question. No, you shouldn't <laughs> ask that question. Okay, okay. I, didn't I think ask that it. it's it's not clear, but drawing from what we've seen from the show, there's a hint in a direction. But I mean, yeah, I, sure. For the sake of this chapter, Tansy, I think is that's Tansy. the most important thing. Yeah, just we we will continue to read this book, and as we continue to read this book, I think things will become a little bit clearer as it relates to the storyline because we know specifically that Hoster Tully will die at some point. Um, Right. And we saw it in the TV show. Uh, he didn't even make a uh, in-person appearance. He was clothed and on a boat going down the river mm-hmm. uh, that Edmure failed very horribly to shoot an arrow <laughs> right. and fire into. It's one but, of the theme park attractions. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yes. right. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, could be a Wii game as well. I do enjoy these chapters a lot, uh, Catelyn's chapters in particular, because she does spend a lot of time with her father and you get to see the strong relationship that exists uh, between the two of them. And it's something that clearly wouldn't have worked in the show. I just don't think that there was time for it. Yeah. Uh, but this this is one of those things when we you know talked about doing this reread or doing this reading in the first place, I should say. It's not really a reread, but you know, spending time on Storm of Swords and going through it chapter by chapter, these are the kinds of bits and pieces of information that and, and storylines that we're going to get uh, that we can just spend so much more time talking about because we didn't spend any time talking about it yeah. um, when the show was going on. May I read a piece from the book? You may. This is a direct 
conversation, sort of one-sided, from Catelyn to her father. And she is sort of prodding him in a way to hopefully get some information in his half-sleepy state. She says, I know what you did. She was no longer an innocent bride with a head full of dreams. She was a widow, a traitor, a grieving mother, and wise. Wise in ways of the world. You made him take her, she whispered. Lysa was the price John Aaron had to pay for the swords and spears of House Tully. Small wonder her sister's marriage had been so loveless. The Aarons were proud and prickly of their honor. Lord John might wed Lysa to bind the Tullys to the cause of the rebellion, and in hopes of a son, but it would have been hard for him to love a woman who came to his bed soiled and unwilling. He would have been kind, no doubt. Dutiful, yes. But like Eric said, Lysa needed warmth. The book references me? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, no, I think, does this, I mean, this solidifies the idea that uh, Lysa was in a loveless marriage. And I think if it is, in fact, revealed, as it was on the show in the fourth season, that Lysa was responsible for the death of her husband, that's kind of like the other side of that, that plot. It's that other side of that arc, um, really. So being that this is only the second chapter of the book, if the book is going to conclude with that sort of, you know, information, then it kind of really belongs here in the, at the beginning. Yeah, it, it sets the tone for that information to come to light later on in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's subtly placed, but it's very clear from the conversations that are taking place with, um, you know, Kat and her father here. And then as we go through the different memories um, and the thought process that Kat has, it's, it is clear that this relationship was not one uh, that, grew to be anything more than a marriage of convenience. Every time we go to River Run, I swear we take a ride in Hostertelli's time machine. You ever notice that? <laughs> it's just like, let's go back. Let's go back. That, that's another theme park attraction. Hostertelli's <laughs> time machine. You know, it's really hot tub time machine. <laughs> yes. It's really, it's really uh, Catelyn, though. You know, This is just how she is. She reflects back on her life and all the men who have served her father uh, yet again here. And even the opening statement, which you read, like, I was a little girl when he first met me, and he was a squire, then he was a knight, then he was master at arms, then he was, you know, Castellan of, you know, so I, I think that uh, really it is Kat's contemplative nature. She really has nothing better to do than to be in this room. Um, she is standing and sort of watching, waiting to hear news about the Kingslayer, whether he was captured or not, which is, of course, a reference to the previous chapter. Well, but as as Zach was saying, I mean, a lot of these conversations, in fact, it, well, all of them are one sided. The ones that aren't in her head are to her father, but he doesn't even know that she's there. And and this, I think, some other characters might find this tough. I know I would if you know you're with a parent, but they don't know your presence. They they don't know you're there. They think you're somebody else, even if they did know that you're there. It's just it's no. There's no love for Cat. He's not saying Cat, I love you, or Cat, forgive me, or this, that, the other. He has nothing to say to Catelyn. Yeah, this is a this this is a situation for Catelyn that's just not fun on any side of it. There's nothing fun that's going on in her life right now. There's nothing for her to be excited about. And I have, when rereading these books in the past, when I've gotten to Catelyn chapters, I will admit that I usually kind of sigh heavily as Grimace. I'm going into them because I'm just like, oh God, I just, I can't handle this sad sack of a woman again. <laughs> but when I, when I think about it now, she's just got the only thing she's got going for her is the small scraps of this family that she has created and trying desperately to crawl 
rather claw them back toward her in however she can. Like, sure, her son is away at war. Her daughters are God knows where, presumably prisoners of the king and queen. Right. She's She has no husband who he's been murdered. Her sister's insane. Her father is dying. Her brother is away from the castle. Uh, like there's there's nothing there's I, I can imagine sitting in this room and staring at your father who is not lucid, who doesn't even realize that you're there and just slowly going insane. And she believes her children are dead on top of this. So knowing that Brandon and Rickon are presumably dead in her mind, yes. just adding on top of all of this woe. Yes. She's, she's given the news that Stannis has lost the battle mm-hmm. and he has retreated and that Highgarden and also Dorne has joined the cause of the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. So we know why Highgarden has. Right. And, has, and, and, and that is a little bit more clear immediately in the show um, because they, of course, show up. Uh, Loras um, shows up in, in the throne room with Tywin. Uh, and, of course, Tywin leaving the Riverlands is mentioned, etc. Why do we think Dorne has declared for Joffrey? I mean, is it just to sort of... Marcella. Because Edmure said so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they did send Marcella there as a hostage slash ward. Presumably, that would include some kind of peace treaty. Also, Dorne and Highgarden, if I'm not mistaken, are pretty close by each other, and so there's probably some geographic uh, reasons to continue to be allied in the same. Yeah, they, they, carpool. they, they carpool to King's Landing. It's just more they heard that Dorne was launching a new business. Well, and like, Shit. one other thing there though too is it's been brought up. Um, in the books and both on the uh, TV show, uh, is there isn't any love loss between Dorne and Highgarden, though. Um, so it's interesting to me that both of them have kind of rallied to the cause of the Lannisters. Mm-hmm, for now. Well, it's thanks to Tyrion uh, in a lot of different ways. And of course, he, and, he's and not... Speaking yes. of him, yeah. that, the other big reveal to Catelyn is the, the person she was most relying on uh, to deliver her daughters uh, is potentially dead. Right. For all we know, he took an, an axe, axe to, to the, the head, head which yeah. is technically true. Nice. They should just they should just say face. It sounds so much more badass if you take an axe yeah, to the well, face. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I thought a lot about reading through this chapter, and and Zach, you you kind of went through the uh, the laundry list of things that Catelyn is is dealing with in her life right now, um, and, and it just seems that as we move forward towards the Red Wedding, it just compounds and. Oh. Her life gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And then and, it's over. <laughs> but you're inside her mind for all this time, and you see just the 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 sheer insanity that she is dealing with, and you wonder how anybody could cope with, with everything that's going on. So for, for the, all of these people who have been around her for so long, who have grown up, um, or I should say who have watched her grow up, it's it's not out of the uh, realm of possibilities to think that she was maybe a bit insane when she decided to let Jamie go. True. Yeah, yeah. And she she denies it up front, straight up at the beginning. She's like, "I'm not insane. I did this for a reason." Mm-hmm. But I think she is also doing that to. Isn't that how it always allow starts? Allow <laughs> <though? laughs> Yeah, oh, you're, you're not crazy. You never okay, think you're crazy. you're crazy. But if she is right. If if she talks people into thinking that she's crazy, and she's like, you know, what? yeah, I do think it was 
um, a mother's insanity, a mother's grief that caused me to do this, then the people that she tells this to who then defend her will be implicated in the conspiracy to have freed Jamie Lannister because people are going to believe whatever they want to believe. So whether or not she thinks she is going through a mother's grief, this is the right move to protect the people around her who may want to protect her as well. I like how nuanced that is. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, you can't really support me, but... I'll wear I'll wear the chains. Like she's she's brave. She is willing uh, to be accountable for her actions. I mean, they, some may call it a mother's madness, but she calls it a mother's right. When Edmure walks in, she's like, "I mm-hmm. had a right to dismiss him." Edmure's like, "He was your king's captive, you know, not yours. You right. had no right." Which Edmure is correct in, yeah. in the most the most. Uh, absolute sense of that like she he's totally right this was but not like, Catelyn's call it's also though it's like she gave birth to their king so it's like well i am his parent like i should supersede him <laughs> no, right it's like no. my mom would love your advice in this yeah case. my mom would really like <laughs> to hear this She'd be like, have this eric is, over for dinner rob is rob <laughs> is not like rob's not the 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 whatever tommen it was you know he's not he's not the prince are you saying that rob isn't Catelyn's blood. No, <laughs> what I'm saying is when you're too young to rule, then you have the queen regent who rules for you until you are of mm, age. And right. that's not the case with Rob. Rob has been right. declared king in the north. Catelyn has no power. Like the people accord her some kind of uh, respect because of the fact that she did give birth to the man that has been declared the king, but she wasn't the queen. She's just the king's mom. It's different. <laughs> you know, cool. it's different. It, she doesn't actually have any political power, which is unfortunate, I, I think. It's, it's just right. this whole misogynist society. But I think that Catelyn should have probably left Jamie locked up and and not freed him. That's not – it forwards the plot in a beautiful way, but that's probably – it was not her jurisdiction to do so. I think what we're seeing is Catelyn being tired of everyone playing the game outside of honor. She is. Yes. And she's just like, okay, well, I know that this isn't, this isn't necessarily a good move on paper, but I'm going to try my hand at this because all of these terrible things have been happening to me. And I've been sort of going by the guidelines set forward. And I think that exactly. it's respectable. And look what happened to Ned. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. he did the same thing. So this yes. is her chance, her her last chance in her mind that in a lot of ways to try to get at least two of her kids out of harm's way. And so yeah. she was willing to do anything. Exactly. She is. She has identified one of the core things that we keep coming back to in this series, which is that there is no justice. There is uh, no greater design for anything that happens. Everything is random or done by evil people or by pure chance. Like it, it's, it doesn't matter. And so as a result of that, this game, this structure of politics does not have any kind of relevance to actual reality. And she has decided to remove herself from this game of politics and to play this realistic game, which is none of your shit matters. My family matters because I love them and they're my blood and they are literally the only thing. Like peace treaties don't matter. Wars don't matter. I don't care about any of that. I want my my people and I want them close to me. And that's yeah. it. I, I think both of you like hit the nail right on the head and Zach, I really liked what you said. It's, it's you. no matter what she does, right? No matter what she does, it, things just don't seem to go her way. And, and she's played by the rules for the most part, even when she tries to take Tyrion to trial. And she had very little evidence in that case that Tyrion was the one responsible, but she did it anyway. And that even failed her. So she's in this situation right now and she's thinking to herself, I need to, I need to take everything into my own hands because 
Ned is dead, Bran and Rickon are dead, and and the whole other list of things that you brought up earlier. And no matter what I've tried to do in the past that's been by the rules, it hasn't resulted in anything positive for me. So I need to take a little bit of a risk here. I need to, you know, put my foot out there and and take a step forward and and it's going to be what it's going to be. But, you know, she she's finally entering into playing the game a little bit and She's hoping that it's going to pay off for her in the long run. Yes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Dark wings. Dark words, <sighs> as they say. That was I have awesome. To go right into it because it's kind of sad. I don't know if it's sad. It's just like a little unnerving. It's just a little bit more suspense than the TV show gives us, which I love. A raven comes, and when Maester Vyman is making his runs up to check on Lord Hoster Tully, feeding him his milk of the poppy, making sure that he's not in too much pain, Catelyn is able to squeeze just a little bit of information out of him. And the information is this. His grace took a wound, storming the crag, Maester Vyman said, still evasive, but writes that it is no cause for concern and that he hopes to return soon. Which, of course, is not good enough information for her, but that's all we're given. So, Rob Stark was on Westerosian Guts. He was climbing the crag. The aggro crag. <laughs> it's the aggro crag. He took a wound climbing the aggro crag. Yeah, well, luckily Nickelodeon Studios has great insurance, I hear. God, you know that show was probably still on TV when George was writing this book? I also like the end of this chapter that concludes with Edmure saying... Don't worry, I got all this figured out. We're going to fix what you <laughs> fucked up. And I have totally set a, ba- a bounty on Jamie Lannister's head. It's going to be fine. We're going to like, get a bounty. I sent three separate emails to Roose Bolton. And <laughs> yeah. you know that guy. Roose, He's got us. Roose Bolton is solid. There is yeah. no way that anything could go wrong here. Edmure is like spamming people with text messages right now. This is this is what's He's, going on. He has... He's messed up royal- royally, I think. he's uh, He doesn't realize it, of course, but Catelyn is just filled with dread because now people are hunting Brienne and Jamie, and then people are going to find them, and now there's a price, you know? So- well, let, let's, let's talk about this for a sec, because it is um, – I, I, get, I get that having more people looking for them is, is bad, of course. Of course, that, make, that makes sense. But there's also this idea – and I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that – because it's been announced that he escaped, it's, it isn't being announced that he's, you know, sort of a, a trade, you know, sort of thing. So if he were to return to King's Landing, Cersei doesn't have to say, like, he may say, I'm here because I'm being traded for the Stark girls. And doesn't she just, can't she just say, well, this letter from House Tully says you escaped, like, we don't have to honor any trade at all. Mm, I think since he sent the Ravens to, Heron Hall, he's probably, yeah, he sent, yeah, I sent three ravens, so the message will be starting to reach Lord Bolton. By River Road, the way from River Run to King's Landing must needs mm-hmm. take them close by Heron Hall. So I think that he just sent three ravens to Heron Hall um, to make sure that the message got there. And the, the Boltons are, at this point, um, not supposed to be allied with the Lannisters, right? Even if right. they're on our side, let's say, the news that Dorne and Highgarden have joined the Lannisters' cause is out there. The news that mm-hmm. Stannis has lost is out there and that he's retreated. So to further hurt your cause and to tell people, oh, by the way, Jamie Lannister also escaped right from one of our strongholds. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just like, it's giving people that have any, it's like if anyone wants to pedigree the situation at all, they've got a little bit of ammunition. Like they don't need to know that he was taken out 
uh, on a deal. All they need to know is that he's out there. Because right. if they get him, imagine what they could win by siding with the dark side. A thousand dragons. Right. And you, you have to imagine, too, if the price <laughs> on Jamie Lannister's head from the Tullys is a thousand dragons, I, for, I personally would just turn around and sell him to the Lannisters for double that. You know, they're made mm-hmm. of gold. Everybody knows they pay their debts. Well, they, like, it, that's what I heard. <laughs> I heard they shit gold. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that's not true. I, I, I heard it's true. <laughs> Check the chamber pot. <laughs> Who shat first? Right on the, the horse. <laughs> the horse shat first. Another thing that's interesting too is this is the second chapter out of two chapters in this book where we have met Lord Bolton with dread. Um, Jamie also, when he realizes that the Boltons may be coming after him, he's like, that's not great news. Yeah. He thinks he thinks this about Lord Bolton. And then Catelyn, upon hearing that Lord Bolton might be hunting Jamie, she's also filled with dread. So I think that we are we're doing a really good job here. Of course, as show watchers, we all know what's coming. And so even at the beginning of this book, George has started planting these seeds of like, you're gonna feel, you're gonna associate Heron Hall and the Boltons with this sense of dread and foreboding. Um, and you you don't even realize it until you're uh, like rereading it and you know what happens and you're like, oh shit, that's yeah. the Boltons. Is it weird? Like I read Bolton, but at this point I like I like regressed to what, what I thought of the Boltons at the beginning of season uh, three, where I'm just like, oh, that slightly scruffy guy with the pleasant smile <laughs> they're talking right? about here. And like the, and the flayed man on his. The, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course the flayed it. man Good is guy. terrifying. <laughs> right, like if anything, he, he's like the neighbor that probably practices witchcraft according to the Starks you know he's like that that crazy guy but for now it's like well he seems innocent enough at least to me but I mean you're right these characters are fearing I should probably be picking up a little bit more about the fear that they feel towards Bolton which you just brought up so because I'm sure it's there yeah I need to start I need to start looking for it it's I I, like I said it's it's been a while since I've reread this so I'm actually picking up on this myself but it's um it's something that I think we should look for in future chapters because I have a feeling that um, George has probably seeded a lot of this throughout this book, um, just as as a premonition, um, it, foreshadowing mm-hmm. for the the calamity that will occur at the end of the book. Oh, Edmure, thank you for your help, sweet Thanks, sweet Edmure. brother. It's no wonder that they showed him. You blew the it out there in the show. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just kind of a goofball. I think he, I mean he has the best of intentions, but. He's just he's just kind of your idiot brother. Is it right to say he survived the red wedding? Yeah. Cuz I I feel like we haven't seen him yet, but he was being he was going to the he was off to the betting, but right. they ended up just I guess imprisoning him according to the show. Yeah. No, he is uh as far as we know, there's no reason for us to believe that he is deceased. Right. He's he's the lord of River Run, right? Yeah. So it makes sense for them to keep him alive. Right. He's, a, he's a more valuable hostage than okay. Rob or Catelyn were. He's with Benjamin and Gendry. Mm. <laughs> yep. No! <laughs> Still Rowan. <laughs> Still, Still Rowan. Rowan. <laughs> That's Catelyn, ladies and gentlemen. It was I think we all know chapter. what comes next. It is a short chapter. Oh, yeah. Arya's next. Or owns one of or, the two. Or owns. It sounds like Arya. And can I just say, this is a transition into my own, I guess. Um, Arya is still believed, at least by Catelyn, to be under the, the Lannisters, um, captivity. So I have to give my own of this chapter to the Lannisters for continuing to pretend by basically not saying anything about her escape or the fact that they don't have her, uh, to 
you know, continue to play that card. Hey, we have Arya Stark. And Arya, for some reason, is so, you know, um, hidden in the world that uh, nobody knows any different. So, uh, you know, the Lannisters, in effect, by not uh, saying anything, have ensured, you know, or set about the course of events where Jaime's returned to them. So, like, yeah, the own goes to the Lannisters, by the way. So, for this chapter. Because Catelyn did exactly what they could not have possibly known she would do. Uh, but she did it because she thought that they had both her girls. If she knew that they just had Sansa, I'm not sure it would have been the same exact course of events. Maybe it would have, but I I don't think so. Very well. Two Starks don't make a right, Eric. <laughs> I'm going to give my own, I guess, to Edmure for driving yes. out Tywin, or yeah. at least feeling like he did. He got Tywin to leave the Riverlands, and that's a major <laughs> victory for him. How stupid is he going to feel? He's going to feel really stupid. But um, Edmure does have the best intentions, and um, he's trying. He's trying. God bless him. There's very few characters in this chapter who are deserving of owns, um, and so I, I kind of am given like a a half half own. Yeah, to, small window. Edmure, yeah, yeah. Not not into it. I'm gonna follow Kate with my own to Sir Desmond Grell, who has undying respect for Catelyn. Even in the face of treachery, I just thought it was—I thought it was—it was heartwarming, and in the midst of all the sadness, that he just refused to do anything ludicrous, even though his friend was a little bit tense on the subject. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, and I'll give my own to uh, Edmure as well. Uh, I just thought he brought a dose of reality uh, to Cat uh, when he said to her, "Jamie's word is worthless." Yeah. As for the imp, it said he took an axe to the head <laughs> during the battle. He'll be dead before your Brienne reaches King's Landing, if she ever does. Ugh. And then she just goes on this like huge, like, no, Brienne is awesome. I've seen her fight. Yeah, and, and she questions, dead? How can the gods be so merciless that, you know, it, it, she really was banking on Tyrion? Uh, you know, despite all that she put that <laughs> man through, yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day, she was hanging her hat on Tyrion. You yeah. know, it's perhaps because of what she put that man through. I mean, they have, and Tyrion has a way of getting this uneasy trust of people mm-hmm. where true. they don't necessarily like him, but they believe he'll go to bat for them if he thinks it's right. Yeah, he seems like a, a stand-up guy. Like, he's always he always strikes people as ultimately very honorable, even though at a superficial level he is sort of whoring and probably <laughs> drinking and gambling quite a bit. <laughs> Who doesn't? <I> mean. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right? The only, those are in the only stage? pleasures in that world. There's no Facebook. But when so. it comes it comes to the nitty gritty, when it comes to brass tacks, I feel like Tyrion Lannister makes himself out to be someone you can actually count on to keep his promises. I agree. We we got a we got a tweet from somebody named M Mackey, uh, who was very correct in pointing out that uh, the previous chapter that we did, Jamie, I think I ended up giving my own to Jamie, which is against my own old yeah, rules. It is. That's right. Yeah, I'm glad you remember so, that. I did. I did need to bring this up because I want to thank uh, M. Mackey and uh, Lee, who uh, responded, to remind me that that rule uh, existed ever. And it. I plus I must assert that it is still in effect. Good. And that I will not repeat that grievous error of giving my own to the point of view character of a chapter. You could have just gotten away with it yeah. by saying that you only do it for the TV show. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyway, so that is uh, something I will not be mm-hmm. doing again. 
Um, well, it's good, Eric, because some of our listeners were, were heading to the office to try to get some forms for whipping. So I'm glad you <laughs> cleared it up for you. I, I heard they were even going to come down to Orlando. <laughs> yeah. The, God, I missed the screaming. <laughs> All right. Well, those were our owns. Uh, I think everyone who's listening by now, unless you're a new listener, uh, listen intently, uh, know what to do. Uh, our good friend, Eric Skull, my good friend, who's been on the show this entire time and needs no introductions, <laughs> is very, Everybody. very good at telling you exactly how to reach us outside of what you're hearing. Pluisa says, Lord Holster's balcony oh, owns the view of all comers. To river. <laughs> oh, was that not the intro that I was expecting? Oh, I was just telling oh. you to put the social shit, but that works I was going to read the tweets in. However long it takes them or less. That's my Micah impression. Pluisa says, Lord Holster's balcony owns the view of all corners to river run. Gotta get me one of those. I forgot how to do it. We're just getting used to the swing of things, guys. It's all right. <laughs> Polisa, Pamela, thank you for that own. I loved it. It's cool. It's we don't have excellent. many, but it's nice. It's uh, Kevin Corlett says, all of my owns for the next 11 months, go to Nina Gold and her casting team, Dr. Bashir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my, I was so jealous that I couldn't make it on that episode with you guys, but uh, it's so exciting. All of that is so exciting. Everything they said, I agree with, except the stuff that I don't. So thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ujwal at Anderesk on Twitter says, my own this week goes to Sir Desmond Grell, who has yes. now seen yes. everything. Yes. <laughs> has now seen everything. Okay. He has. All right. All right. Full circle. Yep. Um, And, you know, the other owns I think that we got are just to our wonderful live show that people really enjoyed. So uh, there's some nice pictures of us, guys. We, uh, we're pretty photogenic. <laughs> I do say so okay. myself. Check, okay. But check out the uh, check out the at replies to Game of Owns on Twitter. I'm going to do that right now on my phone. Kate re- uh, realized upon listening to the audio of our show um, that there was a lot of, of, of ladies there. There were a lot of ladies in that audience. Ladies, what's She was up? like, well, what's up what's with up? you studs? And I said, I, I said, Kate. <laughs> Uh, there were there were a lot of seats reserved for hopeful young men, but they heard you weren't coming, and so yeah. I just like to think that we have a primarily female audience, which is pretty awesome. Pretty well, write in awesome. and tell us. This is a great transition to to what I was trying to transition earlier for yes. for Eric, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, as mentioned, the game of owns Twitter is at game of owns on mm. Twitter. Hmm. Whoa. That's mysterious. <laughs> you can contact mind, us there. <laughs> we ask for owns every week. Every time we do a new chapter, every time something new comes out or happens, we ask for your owns about it. So definitely uh, tweet those at us, tw- uh, twitter.com slash game of owns. Or you can write on our Facebook wall or scrawl upon our wall, as we used to say, at facebook.com slash game of owns. Uh, Micah still posts some funny stuff on there um, from time to time. And, uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's just it's a good place to be. Uh, and I think Sam may be somewhere over there. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was interesting down in Orlando. Uh, <laughs> we had one of our listeners come up and ask where Sam Where's was. Sam? <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's on the she wall, didn't do it exactly like obviously. that. But uh, it was nice for uh, Pam actually uh, came up to us yeah. and uh, wanted to know what's the deal? Where's Sam? So. Uh, you know, should we get a chapter from him in the near future? Uh, perhaps uh, he will make a uh, appearance. And now that we're, uh, you know, in our on season, and we don't have um, some individuals who like to um, poke fun at Sam when he makes appearances on our show, uh, which may or may not have happened during the TV season. <laughs> uh, but suffice it to say, Sam has been on a long vacation, 
and uh, he's ready to come back. Don't call to come back. I was going to say, you know, I just looked this up. You can't wait 16 more chapters before bringing Sam back because that's how long it is till his point of view chapter. That is quite some time. Uh, But who knows? You know, Sam might pop up in other places. Okay, I sure hope so. Well, Sam is over on uh, Facebook.com slash Game of Owns. Go check him out over there. Um, I believe he's mooning everybody right now from the top of the wall. He does that every Thursday. It's exciting. Good. And uh, what's what am I forgetting? Oh, yes, email. Of course, email. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Email. Email. That old raven, dark wings, dark words. Uh, send us your dark or light, uh, <laughs> force, force light, light slanted, force, I'm trying to tie Star Wars in and failing, uh, words to contact at gameofowns.com. Um, I don't right? yes. I thought you were, I thought you were going to say our email address was that old raven, dark wings, dark words. <laughs> At Game of Owns contact I email address. Him. I should do, I should get one like that, that old raven that, dot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should get that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's a little email from uh, Jeremy King. I'm just going to read bits of it. Good evening, Game of Owns. Good evening. And uh, he says lots of nice things in which we are very grateful. Uh, and he is uh, asking about the amount of chapters that we're doing uh, uh. each week. And this is something that we address during the live show. But uh, just to quell your concerns, people, we want to do more chapters. We also want to do more episodes. And mm. we will do everything in our power to make all of those things a reality in the coming months and weeks. So it's thank true. you for being patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you I, I would love to hear if people want more episodes. Can we can we ask? Can we put the call out and see how people would feel about? Of course they do. They'll be like, "Yeah, we're about." Yeah, we, in the live show, we were like, "Let's do seven episodes a week," and that was I the biggest. I heard like standing yes. ovation Green level. Bloody murder! Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, and I, like a little sweat drop started yeah. crawling down my, my forehead. Just like Better Gary, get on it. just like get on Gary it. Oldman in the Fifth Cat. Element, where his like hair dye oh, starts yeah. to melt down yes. his forehead. That's, that yep. was me. They're like, "Look, keep that shot. It looks dramatic." <laughs> That's what that is. It's hair dye. I think so. It was I blood. never knew what it was. I thought it was blood. I Maybe thought it was it's like weird alien blood, but it's like black. It's not. It's not. Yeah, anything. I figured it was it's something from the very inside center of his head because he's talking to Mister Death or whatever. I've, I've seen that movie like fifteen times, and every single time I've thought that was hair dye. So if it's blood, I'm gonna feel like a. He's real talking blood. to Mister Shadow, so I assumed Come it was in. like brain Come matter in. or something. <laughs> Come in. Cool. What's up with you? <laughs> and for those of you who are at the live show, when I reference it, this is the time I begin to bang my head on the desk. Like, all right. Um, well, there is one more place, oh, right, God. where uh, listeners can go sorry. to give us their feedback. Come in, my man. Is... Go to iTunes. <laughs> review us at five stars. Nothing less is acceptable on iTunes. <laughs> What is that like? A- Mike, are you uh, yeah, Spanish? I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> All right. Um, but we do have a couple of reviews here I'd like to read Yay! because it has been some time since we've done <sighs> on the show. Oh, and I feel wonderful. it's only fair. Do okay. It. Fair do is fair. It. As long as the reviews are good. As long as they're good. If they're shit, then I'm not going to read them. <laughs> no. All right. Let's hear it. Are you re- are you literally reading them right now to see oh, if they're good or thank not? Thank you for the email, Jeremy. No, I'm trying to load iTunes, but <laughs> when I click on the drop Fail. down to anything, it is not loading. What the shit? Are you on a Mac? Here we go. I got it. So our first review here comes from Four Fast Fingers, uh, and they say, my own goes to Game of Owns for having the best Game of Thrones podcast. Hands down, the best Game of Thrones podcast. They are thoughtful, enthusiastic, insightful, funny, unjaded, and really sound like they're having a great time. 
The Goo Podcast has made the watching drugs. the show and now reading the books an even better experience. Ooh. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> that is it. Here's, Only here's 15 more, adjectives to Here's a more us. appropriate reaction to that. Wow, thank you so much. That's so yeah, awesome. Thank you, That's Four so Fast Fingers. Uh, that was really great. Thank also one here from Good, Good Bad Cat, Ooh. who says uh, five stars for the primary content. The outtakes are a bonus. Yes. Oh, Kate, you're going to enjoy this one. Uh-huh. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Mac 11 uh, says, really enjoy this podcast, and the chemistry among the crew is outstanding. And it doesn't hurt that Kate's voice is super sexy. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> it doesn't oh, hurt. Wow. Was, thank you. I I, uh, I don't do anything special. I have no preparation. <laughs> Apparently, this this is something that I didn't know today, but Micah has called me Zach twice during this conversation. So what? I'm, I'm Listen, our joke, you, you can't mention that joke. <laughs> it involved testicles. We're not going to get into it. Oh, God. <laughs> I texted him. I was like, Micah called me Zach. <laughs> Zach's like, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> when did I do that? Earlier. You call me Zach. Oh, it was okay. okay, but I think it's because we, we sound, sound so much alike. Yeah. yeah. So my mm-hmm. just bringing it back around to this iTunes review. I don't know if this guy knows if it's me that's sexy or if it's Zach. So mm. yeah, I think that's you're both sexy. Air. Thanks, well, thank Eric. You. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, just to taxi driver, <laughs> I do speak into the mic, so you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we transition <laughs> accordingly into some chosen bits from our live show. Please enjoy. Thank you, everyone who came out. And for everyone who's listening now, we hope you enjoy. Uh, you know, the gore, so that's, it was almost more haunting than the, the, the finished product. You're talking about Jack Gleason? Yeah, no, I'm talking about that doll right there. Oh, that doll? Oh. Yeah. Once, we're going to re-edit this with, uh, with effects. He's going to turn purple. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. Uh, it'll be live. No, after the fact, we'll just put an Instagram filter on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put like three. Is there a filter? And then yeah. do it a few times. Like it's way too grainy. I love. Yes, but no, it's it's great to be here. Of course, it's 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 great to come off. Uh, we're we're in the on season now, so of course we're we're making our way through yet another uh, one of the books uh, that we that we do. We're 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 starting Storm of Swords. Um, which is the book, of course, that they adapted into season three and four. So um, myself and Zach are super excited to read what everybody's been telling us is just the best book that there is. Uh, Who here has read uh, all the books available to us now, one through five? Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah that's I good. guess raise your hand if you have it, just so you guys can be involved as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crowd participation. So no spoiler. You want to say? We'll talk after. Do we get to? I'm gonna read it. Don't worry. I think that's one of the unique things about the show is that we try to keep it spoiler-free in the sense that both you guys have just seen the TV show and read up to where we have in the series. Um, but then we have Kate, who unfortunately couldn't be here, mm-hmm. and myself, who read everything. So it makes it a little difficult to record the show sometimes, especially with some theories, I guess you can call them. That certain people you guess you can call my theories theories? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta Are they that you know, bad? Podcasting for, what, close to 10 years? People, I think I can... People who've read, are my theories that bad? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you just said you weren't even spoiled. Christian. We did have Christian on the last show. We did. Let's put it up for him. He's an actor. Right? He's on the show. That's cool. But you know, now we have these uh, little, we have, we have something we didn't have before. We have, uh, yeah, I know. You know, Jamie Lannister. 
Yeah, I don't know why we've never done it before, but I have no idea. Yeah, the, idea. the plan was to get like all of them and like. Was that the plan? I, well, it was my plan. It was my. It was my goal. It's on my bucket list. One day I'll do a podcast <laughs> with all of these uh, dolls just up in front of me and. <laughs> it's really strange. We said this on our last live show, but like it's. I would love sitting next to these men and talking about Game of Thrones. And so we do it virtually on a regular basis, right? But now we get to do it in person, but a lot of you guys can actually listen, so it's very, very strange. And so now we've reached the point where we feel like we're test subjects, because from the moment we started the show, from the moment we really discovered Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire, we wanted to read it just like we did everything else. I mean, everyone here is most likely a Potter fan, is and or was, right? Can we give it up? Are we all here Potter fans? We spent hours in his place of origin recently at night in the theme park, and it does nothing but, but bring more to the forefront that this is a very different experience for the two of us, mm -hmm. not reading these books and susceptible ourselves to doing it piece by piece in front of you for your enjoyment, which is strange. So I hope it's worth it. Because <laughs> it's hard. But I, I think I would be horrified of myself if I thought, well, you know, there's going to be this other seven book series, um, but I'm not going to read any of it, and I'm just going to uh, watch the adaptation on, on screen. That was unheard of for, uh, for Harry Potter. Right, right? Yeah. People who just watched the Harry Potter movies? See? You guys have those friends. <laughs> They're like, I watched the movies. I watched the movies. You don't know That's all we need to know. No. Oh, that's okay. It's okay, it's okay. He's got a game of Thrones for now. Yeah, he's, 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 That's okay, that's okay, let's make yeah, that clear. He's, he's like, it's 2014, let's move on. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting to compare the two um, series in, in terms of there's a book, but then of course there's this huge uh, multi-million uh, dollar, billion dollar uh, adaptation that's going on for it. So if these people are adapting, and, and David uh, and Dan, the executive producers, creators of the show, are spending so much time and effort to adapt these books, does it, is it really necessary to plunge into these thousand page books? Of That's which, question. Of which there will be seven. Having seen series, what are you most looking forward to reading? And for Micah, what are you most looking forward to reading? That's gonna be a good one. Well, whose who's point of view is the uh, Joffrey death from? Is it Jaffu? <laughs> I'm looking forward to that and the implications that has on, uh, on, on, on everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to the epilogue and reading through that. Oh, for those who read it. Uh, I'm most looking forward to reading The Red Wedding. Definitely. The Red Wedding? Definitely. First off, reading is always good. Secondly, uh, you know, I, I think even George R. R. Martin said it at Comic-Con, you know, there's a huge difference between the, the books and, and the TV adaptations and you shouldn't look to intermix the two. They kind of live as their own entities. Yeah, I don't think anyone disagrees with that. But what we wanted to bring up today was, you know, this is something that we haven't actually spoken amongst ourselves about. We're really good about that. We've, we've been doing the show now for a handful of years and a handful of episodes, a few. We're, we've gotten pretty good at if this is something that we want to present to all of you, we just won't ever talk about it amongst ourselves. So like today, no plan, no nothing as usual. <laughs> right? All the plan gets left on the cutting room floor. Right? I, I didn't plan to bring that drapery cloth. This is this is off. I was wondering where that went right? to. I was I was like, where is this? I just left like my bag up in the room, and I texted Eric because he was changing out his Elvis Dumbledore costume. 
and I was like, bring my laptop back. And I made sure to like, write like three text messages, bring everything that's in it. Because he would have been like, oh, what is this? this? Giant thing <laughs> this is nice. You don't realize like, in its in it, you take, you're taking something out of its natural habitat. Yeah. I was going to say that looks like part of the cause of life. Just led to the whole, you know, look around. It's, yeah. It's one thing. Brick walls and everything. It was pretty, it was pretty out there. But the question is, like I said, Bring it back. Yeah. We didn't want to talk about this amongst ourselves because we didn't want to ruin the conversation. This is the first time we're going to actually talk about this. Yes. Is, for me, and I know for a lot of you, we lived in a different world where a book series that was so important to us, uh, which also became a television or the movie series that was so important to us, um, there was no question the second it was released at midnight. I mean, you were considered garbage scum if you didn't spend the next <laughs> seriously, if you didn't spend the next like 11, 12 hours reading without a veil, no sleep, your parents yelling at you, you're like, you don't understand, like fish sticks now, calorie books now, you know what I mean? Like that's how it was. And I think that A Song of Ice and Fire is beautiful, poignant, brilliant. It's just so, it's amazing. And we've done so many episodes, we obviously love it. The television show is a perfect example of how successful something can be if you adapt it as close as you can to the brilliance of the original text. Because that's how it was made good in the first place. I mean, how does a giant block of words become attractive to leagues of people just to pick up and read, right? Yeah. It's well, got to be good that good. Part of it is that writing. I mean, when we did start reading the books, I said, you know, this is awesome. I expected it to be a little inapproachable. I, I mm. can't read Tolkien. I recognize completely that it's me and not him. Um, it's it's totally like, he's smart. It reads like stereo instructions. It's like it's crazy, but but I just can't handle that that level of detail. Yeah, yeah. finding Game of uh, Thrones, finding the Song of Ice and Fire uh, series. Um, I I can just I can read it. I can enjoy the points of view. It's smooth. It, it's it's smooth like a glass of uh, the Thrones beer that is based on it. But uh, I'm telling you that. Uh, Knowing these characters and the way that they do, and then, but then also having the show where you're given points of view that aren't even in the books. So in a way, the show adds to the books, I think, because oh, yeah. it, it plays in areas where not even the thousand-page books go. Mm -hmm. So there, there's kind of a relationship, like, I don't want to say interdependence, but it's, it's nice to have both. It's new. It's like it's never happened before, you know? It's like it's never happened before. You liked Potter that much. You stayed up all night for days, just like I did, just like we all did. To those of you out there that are in love with the series, what the hell is wrong with you? Why haven't you read the books? <laughs> like, I understand my reasoning, and it is terrible, but it's for you to listen to. So it's like, I'm trying to help, we're trying to help, it's whatever. But your excuse is bad, I think. <laughs> because I'm pissed if you're not reading the other day I had a friend talk to me and they were reading some Sand Snake stuff and they were like, oh, I just watched the show, season four, and they were really excited about it. So I want to read it. And they did. And they were like, oh, it's so cool. There's Sand Snakes. And I was like, it sounds like so much fun. Like, this sounds like so much fun that we're missing out on. And they could. And some of them aren't. And I don't get it. We need to have this conversation because it's bullshit. So... Sorry. The books, the book. I mean, well, I wouldn't ever really say the books aren't for for everyone. But I, I just said that about Tolkien. I said those books weren't for everybody. I rely on those movies if I ever want my my Thrones existence. Like if I ever want to know, or sorry, my Lord of the Rings. If I ever want to know what happens to Lord of the Rings, I have to go to the movies because I can't read them. I think one of the difference is one of the differences is the TV show really kind of galvanizes community. And, and I'm not saying it didn't exist previously, but I think that I mean I think it's given it a lot of life. Yeah. Whereas I think Potter had it with the books right away. It wasn't necessarily the movies that were driving people to go read the books. And I think in the case of Game of Thrones, you have the show driving a lot of people to read the series. 
Well, I mean, I, I good because the series is wonderful. I mean, I, I don't know, a lot of you that have read it, it reads, like Eric said, very smoothly. The perspectives break up all the pages. I mean, like, I don't want to get into a structural breakdown of how the books sure. flow, yeah. right? But, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the question stands. You know, the, the show exists, and it's bolstering the popularity of the book series, and that's great and wonderful. But to the people that are massive fans enough to, to buy shirts and to wear those shirts around, and to, to have allegiances for a house, Sorry. or... Or to have a uh, you know Tumblr account and like to gif it up and like blah 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 like they love it they love it they love it. My question is why haven't you read person that person because you would be so happy if you did. You would be so happy. Uh, hi, I'm Grace. This is not a page to screen question. This is a you went to Wizarding World question. If you were thrown to a Wizarding World, what would the games be? What would the activities be? And what would the rides be? I'm thinking about this for days. Okay, okay, okay. Making the eight. Oh no! That's all, I, that's all I can think of. It's dirty, it's not inappropriate, that's all I can think of. I don't think they can fit the Riverlands in the Universal Studios, so. Maybe not now. No. Um, what, would, what would be the games? What would be the areas? Uh, well, first off, you got to have the hand of the king tyranny all the time. Right? Yes, yes, right. every day. Yeah, the horses you have to murder. Oh, jeez. Oh. Like, we got to do it again, boys. There's more people. Bring it in. I heard there was the Hunger Games, like the rights to the Hunger Games theme park was sought. That's that a terrible idea. I know. That's, that's not real. Yeah. You know, I will say that that arena in Catching Fire is like my favorite place yeah. in any book series. I mean, Hogwarts is better, but, but, but that arena is really darn good, and I'd yeah. like to see that realized. Uh, yeah, there's so many places, you know, they'd have to do, I think, Bravos, and they should have like a ride out of, you know how in the opening credits, Bravos has like the coin rolling down the side of the thing? I think they should just strap oh, you yeah. to a giant circle and have you roll, have you be the coin oh, rolling down. Like a Vitruvian kind of like. You look like the, the, the Flake Man. <laughs> Which is just how they would tie that in, so there you go. Yeah. The moon door drop. Yes, the moon door drop. Oh, Sarah, that's great. What that else? Is great. The moon I'm going to talk about this for a minute. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, oh. House of the Undying is all oh, house. Geez. Right? Right? Holy just balls. the trippiest stuff ever. Oh, dude. Yeah. Imagine that on Halloween. Oh yeah, I mean all the time, but like Halloween, Halloween, Halloween weekends, but like with Pyatt Free just like handing out, handing out sweets, handing out like nice shade. Yeah, you gotta ride, ride dragons. Yeah, yeah. You have to ride Hodor ride too. Oh, like starts on the back and then you go to the wheelbarrow. There would just be Hodors there to transport you to each part in the park. That's awesome. Right? Imagine an army of Hodors. And none of them speak well. Um, but, yeah. but really just the best food for any theme park. The best, best one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the best. Succulents and everything. I like to break my fast, and it's like, it's noon, but it's a theme park, so you can do it. That's why you take the money to do it. You can live inside of it. I think, uh, you know, for attraction, attraction-wise, though, like, not necessarily rides, but uh, Little Fingers Cabaret um, show experience would be, would be there. Yes, of course, the um, problem, yes. The Children of the Forest would do, like, a, a, a big, like, they come out of their hole in the big tree. Lightning bolt! Lightning yes, 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 yes. That would be, like, an epic stunt show. Like, they need to do an epic stunt yeah. show. Children of the Forest versus the skeletons that have been reanimated. It's really good to 
see all you guys. Maybe we should just like talk to you, have a conversation. Think, yeah, should we like uh, open it up to comments and or questions, suggestions, things like that? I think that, that it would be difficult to unlock all of your chairs and build a circle that we could all hold hands in. <laughs> so what we could do is just uh, test, test. Whoa. <laughs> we haven't been handled so far today. <laughs> We did handle some pizza earlier at the Little Mar show. <laughs> Everybody give it up for Eric. Look at this. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, this is Stephanie Warren. Thank you. Oh. Hello. Please uh, say your name and your question. Okay. My name is Brittany. Hi, guys. I write into you like all the time. Hello. <laughs> um, okay, so my question is, if you guys watched the Comic-Con panel, there was this one guy who asked Sergeant Martin question, what should you do when the show surpasses books? and you start going into material that he hasn't even published yet. And so I guess it's more geared towards Micah than anyone because you have been sully, but do you think, but you watched the first season before you read books, right? Yep. Okay, so it's not kind of like, but do you, are you gonna feel like bad watching the show when you know it's not books that you've read? Yeah, that's, I, that's a good question. I mean, I, I also remember, you know, watching the first episode and uh, for the first episode where Brian gets thrown out the window and then, you know, later on with what happened to Ned and just, you know, I, I those moments, you know, it's, it's hard to replicate if you're somebody who's read the books. You know what's coming. So I think like what we had, you know, this past season with the White Walkers, um, you know, some, some content that even people who have read the books didn't expect to see. I think that's awesome. And, you know, you, you almost miss those moments because right. I just remember sitting there when Ned got his head chopped off, chopped off, going, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Like, you know, jumped yeah. onto you know social media just to see the whole thing blow up. I mean, it was it was amazing, and you know, you, you don't get those moments if if you, you know what's coming, and you know, you knew the red wedding was coming. You didn't, maybe didn't know exactly how it was going to play out. Obviously, they added a few things there, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would love it as, as of somebody who's you know right up to this, you know where the books are right now to okay. see to see new things. So you would more like look forward to it than the opposite, because the panel he was like, well, you won't get the true experience if you don't read it first, and then like George R. Martin contradicted him, like, well, I would say that, but but no, I, I guess I get your so. I'm just a curious. I'm really able to be cheated. So. What about you, Eric? Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be it would be really interesting to see it on TV if it hadn't been written. Um, but they have the grand outline. We're meant to believe that uh, David and Dan know how it's all going to end. So I I feel like they may still end a little of their own like pizzazz to it. Um, it'll still be awesome to read and to see separately. I hope Zaro comes back. That'd be cool. I want I want uh, I'm still looking for Serial Pharrell to return. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, Brian said Brian said he was dead. Like. D-E-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-
you know, some of those shows, True Detective, non-song by some fire. I don't want to read what happens if I can, so I, I really hope that. <laughs> I know that we've really put ourselves in a crappy situation for that, but... See, there is something else, though. There is something I didn't consider until just now, and we will get to your question just in a moment, but um, where if you all get the book, everybody has a different pace reading-wise. Yeah. Um, so, even thinking back to the last Harry Potter book, uh, we read it in a hotel room with like four or five of my other friends. Um, we recorded the cast the next day, but we were all reading at our own pace. So somebody would pull up and say, and look, ah, and they'd be like, what, 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 what? And they'd be like, wait for this, wait for this. So like two hours later, they get to them, ah, we'd be like, yeah, that's, that's how it works. But with the, with the show, we are all watching the same episode as it airs. We're all HBO doing it. Yes, now, now there are people who will stream afterwards, but, but I feel like this, this community pool that happens with the show and around the show I mean, it would be like uh, doing a radio play of the book to, 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 again, everybody having everybody see the same thing all at once. And this doesn't, this wouldn't happen with the book. So uh, you mentioned social media. I mean, hashtag like Purple Joffrey, like, you know, all the little individual hashtags, all the fucking chickens. Yes. Um, <laughs> all, all that stuff that happens is like, it would be a shame to, to live without that because that is, that is something, it, it is like a collective, it's collective consciousness is, an, is another thing entirely, but, but having everybody, having everybody see the show, uh, at the you know when it airs on the same night, is there, and it's grown up to be a community thing that we do, which I don't think you could do with the books. You know, you, you could have book clubs, you could have meets about it, you could do Oprah's there, just yeah, that kind of thing. But but uh, but yeah, so TV does does give us some some interesting other things to do yeah. with it. Can you? Is it okay ever to just watch the show though? I mean, say you're a casual viewer, say you never. Really read, or you're too busy. You make you know, the excuses that people say when they, they don't want to read. I want to read, but I'm saying in general, if you just want to watch the show, isn't that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> those those plot lines that they change, I think there's an understanding that, that things happen a little better, differently in the books. But I, I I think the art of adaptation and the show being such a high, having such a high production value is kind of maybe not what they're going for to say. Well, we're still going to be half of what you could get in the literature experience. It just means to be different. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, it's not like they're giving us an option between good or bad, because luckily they've adapted it very well, and it's very enjoyable, mm -hmm. and everyone likes it. So, yeah, I think they've done a pretty outstanding job, honestly. It's, it's pretty good. A daunting undertaking, I'm sure, especially with legions of, of, of dedicated, angry fans, and people can be... People can be violent sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, so they just start reading the comments, and I get it. I get it. Yeah, I mean, just as you were saying before, I mean, we started uh, Storm of Swords. We went through the prologue and all the crap that went down just in that one chapter. And we get to Jamie, a completely new perspective. And I think that's one of the great things about the way that George R. R. Martin writes is that, you know, you're getting inside all these different characters' heads. This is not one perspective throughout the entire course of the series. And... That's really what makes it unique, and now, yeah, Jamie's got two hands, which is not where we are. It's great. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm writing down every time he uses that hand until, <laughs> until he loses it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you no. do that with Theo, too? No. <laughs> oh, wow. yes. Yes. So, um... Have some ginger ale.
You have to say it in an Irish accent. Come on. I'm not. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Like a lucky charm. Do it like the uh, yes. the mom from Back to the Future Three. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to end up pissing off. All right, fine. Don't you be forgetting have. the misses. There you go. Exactly. Oh Thank my you. god. <laughs> Sorry to everyone listening. Please don't write mean Sorry stuff to, to us. Sorry to everyone. Uh, I will keep listening regardless, and I will delete this reviewer, change it to five stars as soon as Micah learns to talk directly into the mic. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe learn to talk into the fucking mic once yeah, in a while. Micah. Your Grow name up. is Micah. Grow up, You'd Micah. think you could talk into a mic. <laughs> People can't breathe. This is unreal. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, I am speaking directly into my mic. You sound fantastic to me. Thank you. Your microphone. I'm going to put you like 10 decibels below us on this episode. Do it. <laughs> and then just uh, say, hey, taxi driver, this one's for you. <laughs> How about you put your real name instead of taxi oh, <laughs> What difference like, would a real name? You're, you're going after this guy, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's a free show. <laughs> hey, taxi driver. Tell your father I'm here. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm sweating. I will not be your champion. <laughs> I don't know if it's sweat or tears. Oh, God. <laughs> oh no. Oh, my God. They've blended. Strike, you peed again, dude. What the fuck, dude? <laughs>